My language habit isn't doing 13 links on link every single day. It may be one day doing link and then the next day doing something else, as long as I'm doing something with that language. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages in 2019, just as we did in 2018. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I'm here to tell you all about interesting and curious and fascinating things all about all from the world of learning another language and I'm not doing so on my own I've got a very special guest today first new year guest for the new year special and that's Shannon Kennedy from eurolinguist.com hey Shannon hey Kirsten how are you doing (laughs) happy new year I'm good how are you I'm great I'm great probably come through any potential hangover that may or may not have been on New Year's Day. (laughs) I'm fresh as a daisy. (laughs) Of course. Of course. And are you enjoying your New Year's downtime? Have you had a little bit of downtime? Um, We just got back from Yosemite for my brother's wedding, so not quite yet, but getting there. We'll have a little bit of downtime once we are settled back in at home. Mm. And Shannon, you're one of you're such a close friend. Obviously, we're working together on Women in Language, which is coming back in March 2019. Yeah. <laughs> but you you forever impress me because you've got a lot of stuff going on. So you've got your finger in a lot of pies, people might say, <laughs> with language learning, but also with things that you do beyond Eurolinguists. So would you like to introduce yourself and just give us an overview of all the things you're up to at the moment? Yeah, sure. So my name's Shannon Kennedy. I blog over at Eurolinguist, where I share updates on the different languages that I'm learning and things that I've learned about language learning along the way. I also share um, updates about my travels because um, my work allows me to travel quite a bit. So I like to share my experiences with that. Um, I have a master's degree in ethnomusicology from Queen University Belfast in Northern Ireland, uh, which basically means that I studied music. I'm a professional musician. I play the saxophone. And um, I that's part of why I get to travel so much. But beyond that, I also work with Drops, which is a language learning app. And I work with Fluent in Three Months, where I am the community manager of the Add One Challenge. That's amazing. I'm glad you I'm glad you explained ethnomusicology. Is the saxophone like an international instrument, a multicultural instrument? I believe so. Um it was invented in Europe um by Adolf Sax. It was meant to be a better version of the clarinet and ended up being its own instrument. And it really grew in popularity with marching bands, both in Europe and in the U.S. And then it became an instrument for jazz. And it's used all over now in all sorts of contexts. So I really do think that it is an international instrument. That's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned your work at Drops and... Just as it so happens, Drops is the sponsor of The Fluent Show. So, well, thank you very much for <laughs> for introducing me to Drops, although I think Drops introduced itself to me. I, it's an app that I now use very, very regularly, and I think we'll talk about the Drops challenge a little bit later. But while I've got you here, uh, I want to ask you a little bit more about that. How did your How did your relationship with Drops start, and why... Why choose them as an employer? So I started using Drops back when they only had four languages. Um, they were a really fairly new app, and I was looking for apps to help me with Italian because I was doing an Italian refresh project to record a video with one of my coworkers at Fluent in Three Months. And it had been some time since I'd used Italian, so I was looking for ways to kind of uh, re- uh, I guess, just get it back. And so I started using Drops, and I really, really liked it. I liked that it was just five minutes, and I had this little bit of pressure to do as much as I could in that five minutes. 
and that it was very vocabulary focused because for me, vocabulary is really, really, really important, especially when a language is fairly new or even when you're a little bit farther along in a language, really, you know, learning more words and refining your vocabulary is important. So overall, I just really liked it. And that ended up leading to me connecting with the people at Drops and um, eventually working with them and it basically just loving the app so much and being so enthusiastic about it became how I, I started working with them and I really enjoy it. Mm, what do you do there now? I do lots of different things. Um, my title is resident polyglot and language expert. So nice. I help with course development and I do a lot of marketing stuff and content development. Cool. So from the resident polyglot expert and just all around drops fan, Shannon. Shannon, would you do me a favor and take over our sponsor read as a representative of drops on the app this time? Sure. Yay! So <laughs> Drops is the fun new way to learn a language that combines short, engaging wordplay with mnemonic association. In Drops, every single word is beautifully illustrated and pronounced by a professional voice actor and a native speaker, of course. There are over 31 free languages to choose from, and Drops is not just a pretty interface, it's also an incredibly productive app with its selection of more than 2,000 words, covering 90% of everyday word usage. The languages included in Drops are beyond the usual French, German, and Spanish subs uh, subjects, although those are included as well. We also have Hebrew, Vietnamese, Tagalog, Esperanto, Hawaiian, Icelandic, and so much more. Drops is available for free on iOS and Android devices, and we also have a partner app, which is called Scripps, that helps you learn the writing systems for Korean, Chinese, and Japanese. So if you'd like to try out Drops and play with your words, just look for Language Drops in the App Store or the Play Store, or you can head to languagedrops.com slash fluentshow. So if you want to go deeper with Drops, you'll also get a 40% discount off a premium subscription using that link. So go to languagedrops.com slash fluentshow to get a free trial and an awesome discount on a premium subscription for this award-winning app. Hey, thank you very much. <laughs> this is the first time I've actually had a sponsor doing their own sponsor read live on the show. And I dare say I really enjoyed hearing about drops, which I already know about, which I was using earlier today. And, do you know, I... <laughs> I'm so I'm, I, I overlooked. I'm, I'm in the food and drinks bit for Chinese at the moment. And I have finished... I think I finished the the bit where it's fruit, and now it's. I thought, right, what what do I what am I interested in? And it sort of said more foods, but the more foods got so obscured. I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I don't really. And it very meaty, you know. It's like it taught me that bacon is bacon, and then it taught me ham, and I was like, okay, I'm skipping all of these. Let's go. Let's go to the drinks. Let's learn how to order a coffee. And there's a bit called coffee and tea, or coffee coffee and tea, I think. So I thought, oh, I'll do that. It skipped over, I skipped over the bit that said drinks that would have actually taught me how to say coffee and went straight to the bit that taught, teaches you how, how to say espresso, barista, <laughs> like filter coffee. And I was like, oh, this is all very important vocab. <laughs> and then eventually went back because I thought, I don't know how to say coffee, but I know how to say cafe she now, which is barista. <laughs> well, so coffee is just cafe. Yeah, so. cafe. Yeah. I'm having I'm having a lot of a lot of fun with drops, a lot of fun. So thank you so much for introducing me to the app as well. And thank you as always to Drops, the whole company, not just Shannon, for sponsoring and helping me bring you the Fluent Show. Thank you. So Shannon, before we kick off with today's topic, which is all about a year-end review. And perhaps a little chat about goals or thoughts or things that you will take into 2018. Finishing off with a few recommendations for your top books, apps and courses. Before that, I think we could settle the ground with you introducing us to the languages that you're learning. Because you've already mentioned Korean and you've mentioned French and you've mentioned Italian. So what are your languages? Okay, like the whole list. Go for it. 
Okay, so um, <laughs> the languages that I'm not actively studying are French, Spanish, and Italian. And then the languages that I occasionally work on uh, would be Mandarin Chinese. The languages that I'm actively working on are Korean, Russian, Croatian, Japanese, Hungarian. So those are my languages. And which ones of those would you say you, you're the most, you're at the highest, most comfortable level? Um, probably French, Spanish, Italian, Chinese, and Croatian. French, Spanish, Italian, Chinese, and Croatian, with yes. occasional intros of Hungarian, Japanese, and remind me, oh my gosh. Korean, Russian. Korean Japanese. and Russian. Oh yes, Russian. I know. We share a, a love of Russian. Or maybe yes. a desperation. No, no, you, you, you're also one of those who thinks that's Russian super cool, right? I think Russian is awesome. I love the way that it sounds. Oh, we could do Except drops together in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> I love it too. I love the sounds of Russian. It's just the best. It's, well, it makes me happy. Speaking of which, because you're saying we could do drops with Russian, right? Mm-hmm. Starting January 1st, I know you said we were going to mention this, but I'm going to just bring it up now. Mm -hmm, go we're for doing it. 90 Days with Drops. Um, it's an Instagram challenge, so it's hashtag 90 Days with Drops. And basically what it is is over the first 90 days of the new year, you're, uh, we're, it's a challenge that's totally free to participate, and it's about learning as much vocabulary as you can in that 90 days. So really giving your vocabulary in your language a huge boost in the new year to kind of set yourself a really solid foundation in your language. And I'm going to be doing that. My main language that I'm really focusing on as a part of that challenge is Russian. So if you want to do it with me, that would be really awesome. Mm, it's very tempting. It's very tempting because Russian is, I don't know, I've got so many, I feel like I've got so many like exes <laughs> at the moment. Um, and I'm, I'm dabbling. I've, I've, I'm now officially dabbling with Chinese, I've decided. I'm no longer, not that I'm learning Chinese, I'll, I'll admit I'm playing. Well, you could play for 90 days. That's right. Chinese. I do most days, I think. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'd be able to like have a long, long streak, but because Drops is quite short, I do interact with the app quite regularly. So Chinese is at the moment, it's kind of there, but it's still quite playful. So I might join you with Russian. I might mix the two of them up. I, I, I might just go through everything that you guys have got you haven't got any welsh yet which is nice because it frees me up to go away from the language i'm always quite seriously focusing on mm. you know you could also play with drops and, and do some laddering so you could change your um native language to russian and your target language to chinese or you could brush up your french or spanish and change your native language to spanish or french to learn chinese or russian i could do i could do I could do. Oh my god, so many opportunities. I think if I do just Chinese or just Russian, I feel like that's that's a challenge in itself. But if I was to choose like Spanish and Italian, I think, you know, sort of my two, I'm sort of A2 and I used to be better than I am kind of languages, then I can totally, that makes so much sense to put those two together. Mm. Yeah. How many languages is it for drops? 50 something, right? We have 31 languages right now. And I can do this challenge in any language I want. In any language, any combination of languages, and it doesn't have to be every day, all 90 days. The goal is just to do what you can in those 90 days. So if you miss a couple days, it's, it's not the end of the world, but just making it your goal in that 90 days to really beef up your vocabulary. It'll be fun, yeah. Doing what I can is my motto. So <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think I will. Excellent, I'm in. I hope you're in, listeners, if you are. Hashtag 90 days with drops is where you can find the challenge on Instagram. It's a fairly chilled out challenge by the sounds of it. And I like those as well. So yeah, I'm in. I'll give it a go. Yeah. And if you participate and you share using the 90 days with drops, you can share photos of you using drops, videos of you learning with drops, or even just screenshots using the hashtag. Throughout the challenge, we're giving out some pretty awesome prizes. So um, by participating, you'll qualify for that. What? Okay, right. Listeners, let me know. Let Shannon know if you are participating and you're a Fluent Show listener. The hashtags to use are hashtag 90 days with drops. You can also use hashtag the Fluent Show 
just just for the fun of it. And also then I'll find you and I'll see your post as well as a Fluent Show related post. And it's, it's so nice to know. I don't know. It's so nice to know you're out there listening. Yay. It makes me very, very happy as we're sat here in cold January. And there's a listener maybe in Australia somewhere where the sun is shining. You know, send me a picture of your palm tree. I promise I won't be jealous. Just a little bit. <laughs> I'm a listener love to keep you warm. Ah, yeah. So we'll see you out there. Right, Shannon, enough chat. Let's get serious. Okay. I've got a few questions for you all about 2018. I'm so looking forward to your answers. I'm going to start firing these at you right now. Question number one is, how would you sum up the year in languages? Who? So... I had a couple new languages in 2018. I also had a couple of revival languages in 2018. And I got to go to three new countries. Uh, well, one wasn't actually, they weren't all new. Two weren't new, but I got to go to three different countries um, where I was able to use these languages. So it was a pretty exciting year for me. And how do you think it relates to to your feeling about languages. So which countries did you go to and how does it, how does going there relate to your learning experience? So the first country that I went to was Canada. I went to Montreal for Langfest where I got to give a talk about Croatian and hang out with lots of cool language lovers like me. And um, so that related to language because I went to speak about language and connect with language learners. The next country I went to was China. I went to Shanghai for a mu music conference where I um, worked with uh, the Chinese and Japanese teams for the company that I work with, doing presentations and development chats in Japanese and in Chinese. So part of the reason that I was brought to that particular conference was because of my language skills. And while I was there, um, you know, it was a music conference, so these companies that I know from all over the world are there. So I also got to use quite a bit of Spanish and French as well at that conference. So um, that's how that one related to language. And then, of course, because I was a Chinese speaker, I got to help the American team kind of navigate Shanghai, ordering at dinners and helping with communication and other settings outside of work as well. And then the third trip was to Hungary, which was with the Drops team to kind of get together and, you know, work together since we're all remote. And um, for that, I actually worked in secret for two months learning Hungarian so that I could surprise the founders of Drops during that trip with the <laughs> fact that I had studied the language. So, and then, of course, Drops is a language company. So that's how that related to language as well. Wow. What did he say? He? She? Um, he, so the founders of Drops, there's two of them. And... They are both Hungarian, and um, you'll see it eventually because I'm sharing all of my updates about this project on um, the Drops blog, which is medium.com slash language drops. You can put that in the show notes, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so I'm sharing all of my updates about the Hungarian project. What I did is I had eight different milestones that I was aiming for during that two-month period to prepare for my trip. And so I'm real, I'm doing a blog post about each of those milestones, and there's a video of me actually learning Hungarian for each of those updates as well, so you can really see my progress mm -hmm. leading up to the surprise. And uh, we videotape the surprise, so you'll get to see their reactions. <laughs> That's super cool. That is super cool. I'm looking forward to that. Now, also, this I feel super old for just saying videotaped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel old now too because I didn't notice. Like, yeah, that's a thing that people do. <laughs> I, you are somebody who learns a lot or like who holds yourself accountable a lot by making videos, which I've, I've noticed because you know, you're, I guess, an, a very appropriate host for the Add One Challenge in that way because that's very video-based and it's not something that I do on a regular basis. So what do you think you get out of making videos that, that makes a difference in your language learning? Um, it really gets me into gear, making sure that I'm doing the work behind the scenes. It makes me feel really accountable, the fact that I'm promising to release these videos at certain times. And I want there to be improvement between each of those videos. So it makes me work harder. And you 
are also a more reluctant speaker. So what does it do for you speaking? Yeah, so I am pretty shy and pretty introverted. So speaking is a challenge for me and it's something I have to really push myself to do. So again, doing these videos helps me do that because I wouldn't normally speak the languages. I would just totally be content to work with my grammar books and with, you know, listen to podcasts and take lots of notes in notebooks and study vocab with, um, you know, drops and stuff like that and never really speak or use the language. But by doing videos, I force myself to speak. So, um, and then it's a more comfortable setting for me because it's not like I'm going out and having conversations with strangers on the street. I get to kind of speak the language on my own terms. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, it's really good exercise for me because if I can gain confidence speaking the language on my own, then it's not that big of a step to have confidence speaking that language with someone else. That is really interesting and, and makes a really good case for making videos, which, and then again, for our listeners, it's, it's a relevant note of how different the different language learners are and how strongly it relates to who you are as a person. Because for me, speaking, even speaking in another language that I'm terrible at, doesn't tend to be something that scares me. I guess I'm just used to, or I'm just, I'm not scared of looking like an idiot in terms of that context or almost context perhaps <laughs> and and it's you know like the the video making is the challenge for challenges for me are always like sitting down and and not necessarily studying the grammar but you know like sitting down and really focusing and all those kinds of things and i will i almost skip the um i'm scared of talking bit and instead do a lot more just don't know. I, 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 I will, I don't know. I'm just first, first speaker of that language that I, I meet. I'm like, Hey, I just learned how to say this thing. And they go, I couldn't understand a word you just said. And I'm like, ah, well, it's this thing. God's sake. You know, and there's this whole like conversation. And then I just go away going, Oh yeah. I mean, I know I suck, but it's okay because I just, you know, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting and, and really relevant and important. I think continuously to, to let people acknowledge and remember that how different we are and how different how that affects our needs in in another language because the things that i find really difficult are in entirely different parts of the language mm. yeah i agree I, i think that's something that's really important and worth mentioning it's you know when you're reading advice from different people about language learning to take your style into consideration, your personality into consideration, because there's not any one thing that's going to work for everybody. You kind of need to take pieces from each different person and create your own personal recipe for learning, something that works for who you are and what works for you. Mm. Well said, well said. Okay, next question is, what changed in your life and what changed in your languages in 2018, Shannon? Hmm. Let's see. Well, what changed in my languages is that I added two more. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, when I started working with drops, I added Hungarian. That made sense. And I actually had not planned on learning any new languages. So deciding to add Hungarian surprised even me. <laughs> And, um, I also started learning Japanese. Um, really kind of the end of 2017, but I really got into it in 2018, like seriously. So that was another new language for me. I also decided to revive my Korean, which I was kind of on the fence about whether I was going to keep that language or let that language go. And you have a really great blog post about whether or not you should stick with a language. So I would recommend your listeners read that if they haven't already. And, um, Then I also revived my Croatian, which I had kind of um, taken like a six-month six month break from or so. Mm -hmm. And um, so I kind of got back together with that language. And, you know, I just got, was reminded of how much I really love Croatian. Yes. I mean, Lindsay and I traveled to Croatia this year and we... It didn't work out in the end, but we had hoped and we had planned for you to join us. So there was a trip to motivate you, I guess, in terms of coming to Croatia. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'll get there eventually. Yes! <laughs> and what an enjoyable... I was just absolutely bowled over with, with so many of the things in Croatia. Just what a lovely country. What a cool language as well. Yeah, it's it's another one like Russian that I just absolutely love the way that it sounds. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun to speak to. There's a lot of really fun words. Like my favorite word in Croatian is napadarstak, um, which means thimble. But I just think it's fun to say because it's got consonant clusters it's got that rolled r so there's just lots of words like that that i just think are a lot of fun so i really enjoy learning the language yes yeah do you also get that feeling where you just love i don't know sometimes with welch for example i just feel like i'm so happy and amazed that i just made those sounds happen mm, in that order <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes it's i don't know there's words that i can i can't get sick of saying Yet, anyway, like the Welsh word for work is gweithio. That's a good word. That's that a, good, a good word. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, what lessons do you think you learned from the year 2018, if there are any? I, I feel like there needs to be a lesson about bucket lists in there somewhere. Hmm. I think for me, really, the big lesson was realizing that my language learning habit isn't the task that I'm doing, but it's the language itself. Mm. So um, in the last few months, my language routine has just like completely changed. Like up until maybe August, I was just kind of doing the same things on repeat. X amount of, you know, vocab study, X amount of reading and link, X amount of course book time, X amount of lessons. And, um, For me, it was like keeping my streaks in the apps that I was using and things like that. And that was, that was my system. And then like I ended up kind of taking a break from languages for a couple of weeks. And when I tried to get back into it and do what I was doing before that break, it just wasn't working. I kept like starting and stop having a lot of false starts with it. And so it made me reflect and think, okay, so maybe what I was doing isn't the right thing to be doing. So I decided to evaluate my streaks on a, in a different way. And so I was listening to one of your podcasts and the episode where you were kind of talking about um, just contact with the language rather mm -hmm. than committing to fully studying the language. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm at this point, I have 10 languages counting English. So nine languages that are part of my life and languages that I want to continue improving and keep up. So if I want to do that, doing that on a daily basis is going to be near impossible. So how can I do this differently? And so now the way that I'm studying languages has completely changed. Another thing too is, you know, before I had a job that I commuted to, so I had two hours in the car every day. I don't commute anymore. I work from home. So I've lost that two hours of listening that I had. So I had to find new ways to do that listening and split up my study time differently and do different things. So now the way that I'm studying is completely different. But part of being able to do that and accept that as being okay was realizing that my language habit isn't doing 13 links on link every single day. It may be one day doing link and then the next day doing something else, as long as I'm doing something with that language. So I have a, an app that I've downloaded now that's called Streaks. Oh, yeah, Streaks High Five. I love Streaks. Yes. So um, I have like a module for each of my languages, and then that way I can just keep track based on the language regardless of what task that I do. That is so cool. Yes, I, I'm, I'm entirely... To, I'm entirely all about streaks. It's, it's very simple. It's, it's just, it's exactly what you want if you just want to basically make a checkbox somewhere. And it's, it's a, the closest app version I've found to the language habit toolkit, which has got the, just a month preprint where you get to decide how you want to check in. And I know some people use it and write a lot of detail and really want to track what they're doing. Whereas when I first conceived of it, it's been much more my, my, It, it was more focused on being freer and taking the specifics of what you do out of it. So it's much more of a check-in, did you do something today? And then you can sort of play around with, you know, the box is big enough that you can play around with, did you do something big or did you do something small? <laughs> and that's about what I do. Shannon, can you 
Can you tell me more about losing the commute and what was that like? Um, yeah, so that was probably the hardest thing for me to adapt to because my commute was really like the bulk of my study time because two hours in a car is a lot of time. And I was really filling that with podcasts and Pimsleur and the Asimil audio. And losing that was really hard for me. Um, but now what I do is um, I do more uh, habit stacking. So if I'm having lunch and, you know, I'm making lunch, I'm eating lunch, I'm washing the dishes after, I use that time now. Or if I'm cleaning up my room a bit or putting away laundry, I use that time now because these are all tasks that don't require a lot of attention. So my attention can be on the audio that I'm listening to. So that's one way I've been able to win that back. But losing that commute, because it was such an important part of my study time, because, you know, I was on my own, I didn't have any interruptions, I could concentrate. Um, it was like really good focused study time that I had. So I just had to get creative in finding it elsewhere. Mm. Many people with a a structural change, like a, you know, the structure of your day, a routine change like that will, would have a tendency to give up. So what, what keeps you, what keeps you going? Um, what keeps me going is, so one of the other things that I've kind of, I, I wouldn't say I realized it this year, but it's really become more of a truth for me this year is that I don't rely on motivation. Motivation is like the worst best friend ever. Because it shows up when it wants to. It's not there when you need it. Whereas discipline is a really awesome best friend mm -hmm. because you can, it's, it's super reliable. So for me, I guess, you know, learning to count more on discipline than motivation has been a big kind of important thing for me in this year. Because if I have the discipline and the habit of doing something, I know that I can count on it and that I'm going to expect that this is going to happen. Whereas if I wait for motivation to show up, it might not ever show up. And then I won't do the thing that I need to do because the motivation isn't there for me to do it. And then the other thing that I found too is that by relying on discipline, motivation kind of becomes this result as opposed to mm -hmm. this, you know, uh, trigger. So like when I do my daily study and sometimes trudging through it. Eventually I get to this point where I kind of have this realization or something happens where it's like, wow, that just happened. And then suddenly I'm feeling motivated because that discipline got me to that point. And then I can use that motivation to kind of give myself like a little extra boost or push and then fall back to that discipline that I had. So I think that that's probably it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, motivation is cyclical. There's um, research into that. And in the, I think it's called Teaching and Researching Motivation, a book by Sultan Dönje that I read, which is one of my, one of my favorites. I think it's, it's such a good, it's, if you're into the, if you're into learning more about how motivation and language learning go together and the various different ways that that can show up, that's, that's a really good one. And the, one of the first things they write about is, motivation is cyclical and that's exactly what you're saying you fuel yourself with a small result a small win and then it, it gives you the inspiration to keep to keep going again but you've got to get there somehow so discipline discipline is your is a value for you in life i guess yeah wow and shannon tell me about what surprised you in in the last year if there was anything that kind of made you go huh um, I guess Hungarian was a big surprise for me. <laughs> yes. Because like I said, I, I, after Japanese, I was like, okay, I've got this many languages. I'm not doing any more. Because Japanese was actually already won over. Like for some reason, ever since I was in high school, I always had this, I'm going to speak eight languages and that included English. Japanese was nine and now Hungarian is 10. <laughs> so I would say... Adding Hungarian was probably the biggest surprise for this year. But then also maybe realizing that the habit is time with the language and not necessarily the task. Because I don't think this is something that I was consciously thinking about, but it was just something that was always there. And then having the realization that I don't need to do it this way was a bit of a surprise as well. Ah, 
it's yeah it's definitely it's it's how i approach language learning and have done for a long time i found it really i lack that discipline <laughs> or i lack the discipline to to chase a streak or something like that i find it I don't know. I find I resist that more than anything else. Like if it goes, oh, your streak is five days. I'm like, sod you up. Tomorrow you won't see me. Like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> and and there's this, you know, the time with the language is is really where it comes down. And then within that, how you how you use it is 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 up to you. I feel like and having taught for so long to give the learner that freedom. To, to make their own decisions, to learn, to really learn, is is so, so powerful. So take me back to when you decided to, to pick up Hungarian. Sure. So originally it was going to be kind of this small project. It was something that I just wanted to do for fun to surprise the founders. And I shared it with some of the other team at Drops, obviously not the founders. And um, they were like, oh, we should do like this whole thing with it. So I was like, okay. And of course, as an introvert, I, that suddenly terrified me. But I was like, okay, I'm going to use this as a challenge to like really work hard at this. So I started studying it about two months before the trip. But then I ended up having that trip to Shanghai almost like right after. So I was playing in drops, learning some Hungarian words I chatted with one of my team member teammates over at Fluent in three months um, in Hungarian, like got some tips because he's a native Hungarian speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing this all kind of in secret, knowing that um, it was going to actually be this thing that we shared, you know, with the Drops audience because they wanted to film the big reveal. And then I started documenting what I was doing along the way. And, uh, so then I ended up taking like a month break during this two month project because I needed to prepare for Shanghai Mm -hmm. and like work on Chinese and Japanese. Then I went to Shanghai, then I came back and I was tired. So then I really started studying Hungarian about two weeks before the trip. And I was a little bit scared. I was like, oh, maybe I'm not going to be able to do this. So I'm cramming vocabulary. I was doing lessons on italki. I found a really great tutor who had a really conversational approach and was able to adapt the lessons the way that I needed them to be. So I was studying and studying and studying. I got to Budapest. I'm working, so I'm a little bit tired, and I'm barely able to do some vocabulary study each day. And um, But I ended up doing it. I ended up being able to keep my part of the conversation in Hungarian and to talk about what I was working on in secret in Hungarian. So it was pretty cool because I was a little bit nervous, but... I kind of surprised myself with what I was able to do because, again, like, you know, that discipline that I had when I was able to study the language um, really helped me get there. But um, it was two months of trying to keep it a secret so that they didn't find out. And I realized that was a little bit difficult because when I was in Budapest, um, I kept wanting to, like, do things in Hungarian because it was, like, this new language. And, Mm. of course, I wanted to try it out. And when I was on my own, it was okay. But then I kept catching myself like ordering in Hungarian when we'd be at team dinners. <laughs> and I realized I just ordered something in Hungarian and I looked to see if anyone was paying attention. Thankfully, no one really was. So, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it just sounds so funny. It's like Shannon just like really shifty in in, in her. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny too, because when we were on the trip, they asked me, both of them asked, asked me several times like, oh, did you learn Hungarian? Oh, are you going to learn Hungarian? And I had to be like, no. <laughs> and come up with excuses for why the resident polyglot at Drops wasn't learning Hungarian in Hungary. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I feel like Hungarian is sort of polyglot darling language. There's several, you know, there's lots of polyglots who have given Hungarian a spin every now and, or like, you know, in the past before. So I know Chris has been, Chris Brohom has played around with Hungarian, used to live in Budapest, I think. And yep. Alex Rawlings, the same. Yep. And there's lots yep. of people. And when you come to the Polyglot Gathering, which Shannon, I think you should come, lots of people <laughs> at the Polyglot Gathering who have Hungarian on their badges. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a dark horse. Yeah, it's an interesting language because it doesn't really have any close relatives, so it's kind of on its own. But you're right, a lot of polyglots have 
spent some time with it. Benny Lewis has studied Hungarian as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy the language. It has a lot of qualities that Croatian has that I really like as far as like pronunciation, how like once you learn to read, it's really consistent and they have rolled R's too, which I love. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's a really, I really enjoy the language. So I definitely do plan to keep it. And you said you mentioned, uh, you mentioned you used italki and you used drop. So it's italki, right? Where you found your tutor? Yes. Mm -hmm. So we've got italki and drops. Did you use anything else just in case anybody else out there is interested in picking up Hungarian? I intended to, but I didn't. I actually just used drops and a tutor. So what would happen is I would, I, while I was doing this project, I worked the word lists that were specific to what I wanted to accomplish while I was in Hungary. So I'd study like food for restaurants. I studied tech vocab for talking with my coworkers. And then my tutor would help me practice. And then we kind of like role played when I surprised the drops founders. So he would pretend to be one of the founders. And uh, he and I would chat in Hungarian. I'd be like, hey, look, I speak Hungarian. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so surprised. And of course, it didn't go that way at all. But it was good to prepare mm. for how it could possibly go. Mm. There's something I often talk about, which is vision goals and, and you know, what I call the path goals. Sort of it's the, the language habit toolkit is, is conceived around this idea. And then the vision goal in particular is is what you imagine how it's going to feel when you've when you've reached your bigger goal something that'll keep you going for a half year maybe even a year maybe maybe a few years even so there's this real like what gets you excited and it sounds to me like you had surprising the founder was your vision goal like this this delight on that person's face and so on mm, yeah definitely and like now that that's done I actually really, I follow your vision path goals. I, I've, since I've heard you first talk about it, it's something that I've really found uh, applicable. So I always kind of do that. Like my path goal will be, I'm going to do three sessions and drops each day mm -hmm. to prepare for this. And I'm going to have one lesson a day to prepare for this. And then my vision goal, like you said, would be surprising the founders. And I think it's always important to have both of those things. So like now that that's done, I have to, I had to create a new vision goal. So what's my next vision goal? And For me, um, like it'll be the next time I go to Budapest to be able to operate in this situation. One of my coworkers and I love talking about what we're watching on Netflix. Mm. So for me to engage more fully in that conversation in Hungarian, because it's already happening in Hungarian, but for me to be less limited when I'm discussing it with her in Hungarian. And, uh, so like those are my new vision goals. Like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if the next time we can like, really talk about the plot of the series that we're both watching on Netflix as opposed to like me just being like, yeah, it's a spy thriller and that's all <laughs> I can say. <laughs> it's <So>. good. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just, I love that you make good vision goals, Shannon. They're, they're really, they're such a great example of what, I guess what I'm trying to achieve with something like the, the, you know, we're separating those out and saying there's two different kinds of goals. And one of them is your, this is what I'm going to do. And the other one is what you get excited about or what's going to, you know, what, what just feels like, yeah, and then I'm going to rock it by doing this. And I just really know, thank you so much for sharing those because I think they are really good examples. Sometimes I get emails from Language Habit Toolkit, um, customers who who say like had had have I done this right you know here are my goals and and it's it's really helpful to illustrate this with with something like this and saying this is what a good vision goal could be it's much more it's it's more specific than just saying I'll be fluent because that don't really help and yeah. and this it's a specificness specificity that gives you That gives you the good feels or the good, you know, the good sensation that, that should go hand in hand with reaching a goal that you're excited about. Yeah, I found, like I said, I, I found vision goals and path goals really, really, really helpful for me because, you know, my vision goals are like, what do I want to do with this? Like, why am I learning this language? And your vision goal is that why. And it may be really far out or it may be something more immediate, like me chatting with my coworker about Netflix. Um, but whatever that is, having that like, this is why I'm doing it. So that way, when you're working through your path goals, which 
tend to be a little bit more drudgery because it's like the day to day. Yeah. I need to finish this book. I need to like finish this course book. I need to like have X amount of lessons. When you go back and reflect on your vision goal, then you're like, okay, that's why I'm doing this. Yes. And, uh, it just, and then when you do get that, it's just a really exciting and like, you know, surprising the founders and being able to be like, haha, I speak Hungarian. And then go, it's like, that's exciting. And then it's like, okay, what next? What next? What next? And then I get to create my next vision goal. And, you know, it just keeps me excited about the language. Mm. And what a wonderful way to illustrate as well that these vision goals do can be hit and they can be achieved. I mean, mine's been the same <laughs> for like two years, but I can feel myself going closer. So I, I had a, my, my vision goal is still to get or at least be be in the final running for Welsh Learner of the Year, the Squirrel, the Squirrel, it would help if I could say how to say it. And, <laughs> you know, I, I really want to at some point be at the A Stafford and still be in the running for Welsh Learner of the Year. That would be amazing. And I'm not good enough yet, but this year, for example, I had a I had a one hour chat with with Nikki, who who was in the running for Welsh Learner of the Year and very very nearly won, and some say should have won, and we had a conversation that was at least ninety percent Welsh, and and even is on on YouTube and he recorded it, and I'm just so grateful and so happy to be moving towards that vision goal. Mm. So you can yeah. have a big one or a small one. Mm. And you're right that even when you notice that you're moving towards it, you don't necessarily have to reach it completely to get that kind of reward. But like having that realization that you're on that path and that you're you're making that progress can be a reward in itself. Mm. So we've already chatted about a little bit about the vision goal in Hungarian. Looking forward, can you give us an insight into any other language learning goals, particularly vision goals for 2019? Maybe sure. maybe career goals? <laughs> um, my focus for 2019 um, are, is on four languages. So uh, Japanese, Russian, Korean, and Hungarian. And Hungarian um, will be you know, navigating new situations when I'm in Budapest, um, you know, having certain conversations with my coworkers, um, as I said, for Japanese, because I work with a Japanese music company. Um, when I was in Shanghai this last trip, um, I was chatting with one of the developers of the instrument that I demonstrate. And uh, it was mostly in Japanese, but I found I got stuck trying to explain certain really technical things and uh, ended up having to use really broken, odd Japanese to kind of get my point across. <laughs> and I did it, but I want to do more than that. So um, my vision goal for Japanese is to continue to become an expert on the product that I demonstrate in Japanese. Wow. So that's my goal. Um I've like, I pour through the manuals and stuff in Japanese for the instruments and my tutor and I, um, kind of talk about music and stuff in Japanese. And so I'm definitely heading towards that, but that's my goal for Japanese. And then to kind of get to a, a, a solid B2 in Japanese as well, um, mm -hmm. this next year. That's, so that's for Japanese. For Korean, I also want to get to a B2, but my focus is less technical and more just basic communication and conversation so a little bit less specific but you know this is this language that I've kind of been dragging along by a chain for some time and I I don't want it to be that anymore so that's my goal for Korean and um for Russian I have a very similar goal but I also like I really want to get much more communicative than I am it's um It's another language that I've kind of started and stopped and started and stopped and started and stopped. And I want to stop stopping. So uh -huh. that's my goal for 2019 is to stop stopping Russian and to really give it the attention that it deserves because I love the language so much. And there's really no reason for me to have kept stopping it other than just, you know, other things, other languages. But I really want to get comfortable reading in Russian especially. So my goal for 2019 is to start reading one of my favorite books in Russian. And I don't have any particular goal for how much of it I want to get through because it's an immense book. It's like 900 pages. So 
Um, but I just want to get into it so that, you know, and, and to be confident being in it by the end of this year. Mm. I think stop stopping is such a, and again, it goes back to that idea of the habit and, you know, it's time with the language that gets us further and it doesn't have to be time spent doing this specific thing. It could just be time with the language that alone still benefits you. And I just, I think stop stopping is such a good goal. I love it. I love it. So Japanese, Russian, Korean, and Hungarian. And is there anything that you're going to change going forward? Yeah, I'm going to, well, not necessarily change, but maintain what I've already changed. So like what I was saying earlier about the tasks versus touch with language, um, I'm going to try to maintain that and see if it continues to work for me in the same way. And so I guess that would be a change from what I had been doing for most of 2018. And um, yeah, I think it's really working for me because I'm feeling not necessarily more motivated, but more inspired. Cool. Oh, I love it. More inspired. That's that's great. That's That's often, I don't know, I feel like sometimes we are so... And this is, this is just my attitude to language learning in general. And I, I very often, you know, every single time I have an interview here on the show where I talk to somebody who is very systematic about learning languages and says, okay, and then I'm doing this and I'm doing my flashcards this way and I have to do it this way. And this works because I do it this way because it works. I'm always, you can hear me resisting and going, but what about freedom and inspiration? And I don't know, art and beauty. <laughs> I don't know. It's just this. This other part that, you know, like opening yourself up and perhaps it's the privilege of somebody who really has learned a, a good bunch of languages or has just even spent a longer time learning that that discipline has become less of a burden. So you don't have to be as specific because you can kind of, you know, it's, you just build something it's something that, that I think is the biggest benefit of being, I don't know, for lack of a better word, a polyglot, is that you build this confidence and you you trust yourself to be able to do it. Yeah, I think that that's a, a big thing. Like, Because like you said, I was much more systematic and it was like, this is my system and it works, so I'm going to keep doing it. But then that made it so that I wasn't as free to explore other systems. And so now I'm kind of in 2019 really giving myself that freedom and I'm comfortable doing that because I'm confident that I can because I have that experience. That's And I so also cool. know I have something to fall back to that I know works if this new thing does not work out. Definitely, definitely. Oh, well, I, you've made me all excited about, about the next year and, and, you know, the things you're going to do. Obviously, we're... We're friends. We're always in touch, and can't wait to can't wait to hear what you come up with. And let's not forget to mention women in language. So we've got the dates down for women in language. Might as well mention that we are revving up for it now, and it's really only three months away today. Yeah, <laughs> you got the dates. Do you want to pronounce an invitation? I guess. Or shall we talk about it? What is women in language? What is it to you? I guess. <laughs> Um, women in language is an event that's not just for women, but one of the things that we do is we feature women, we highlight women speakers and give them a platform to talk and share what they're doing in language. And this is going to be our second annual event, um, but our third total event. So we did women in language, like the main conference last year, mm -hmm. last March, and then, um, we uh, did Women in Language Camp this past fall, which was a one-day smaller event with just Lindsay, Kirsten, and I. And um, then this coming March, we're going to be doing the full event again. We're going to have a lot of amazing speakers who are going to share their experience and expertise with us. That's right. Yes, I've sent the invitation emails. The speakers are registering. The speakers are getting ready. So it's all it's all revving up. We're building, we're building. And we can't wait. Seriously, we, we want to emphasize this again because we cannot say this often enough. No matter what your gender identity I repeat this, no matter what your gender identity, <laughs> you'll have like every year I'll be ever so slightly less polite about this and then I'll be just like, men, come on, in like 20 years. <laughs> but for 
So now, definitely, you know, no matter who you are, you are so, so welcome at Women in Language. It's a real fun event. You could do it at home, in bed, in your underpants, with your laptop, as long as you've got a way of watching, of watching us, you can join us. We've got an incredibly active chat room, over 30 speakers, again, that we're planning to put on for you, all experts in their own field. We try to, you know, find people and topics that are really unusual and, you know, you might not have heard before and still help you get motivated, learn languages, learn about working with languages, living with languages. And this year, we've got a new pathway that is all about the obscure and undiscovered and lesser known languages. Forgot what we called it, language learning secrets. What was it called? <laughs> Can't remember. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we have like an official title for it yet, did mm-hmm. we? don't know it, it won't be called language learning secrets so if you want to find out what that pathway is called because <laughs> we we've, we've both gone blank we're that excited and busy with with the preparations do go to womeninlanguage.com simple website and that's where you will find out everything you need to know about women in language simply leave us your email address we will keep you informed and for now all you have to know womeninlanguage.com is where the online conference is taking place and the dates are the 7th to the 10th of march 2019 which again runs over international women's day so it's a wonderful cause it's a wonderful event we are so excited to welcome you there shannon i can't wait to be working with you on this me too yay to finish us off I would love for you to share some recommendations for our listeners with all our discipline, with all those languages. What were you, and you're a bookworm, and previously you've been on the show, and listeners, if you want to listen to a previous show with Shannon, it is at fluent.show slash guests slash Shannon. You can see every episode that Shannon has been on because she's a fluent show, friend of the podcast regular. (laughs) <laughs> so Shannon has previously talked about how much she loves to read and that's where I want to start. Shannon, what were your top three books of 2018? So the top three books would probably be, they're not necessarily language books, but I think that the principles in the books apply really well to language learning. Mm-hmm. So the first on my list is Grit by Angela Duckworth. Um, that book talks about how the difference between discipline and natural talents and how discipline really wins out all, almost all the time. Mm-hmm. And who has that discipline and who doesn't, if it's something that you can work on or if it's something that you're born with and like how each of us has some level of grit, but it's not like across the board for everything. Sometimes we have grit for certain things, but not for others. And it's just a really interesting, really well-researched book that I enjoyed reading and it has tips for developing grit in areas where you need it. So um, I definitely recommend that. Fascinating. My second book is The Organized Mind by, I think it's Daniel J. Leviton. Um, I can't, yeah. And that book is just, it's really interesting. It's all about, um, it, it, it's kind of like brain psychology, but it's just, it's really fascinating. And there's a lot of incredible takeaways from that book as well. And um, my third book, is, of course, finally a language book. It's just like the one course book that I always kind of come back to for each of my languages and that I know I can count on. And it's just got really useful dialogues, really colloquial vocabulary. It's not really grammar heavy. So, um, you know, it's just enjoyable. It comes with audio as well. And that's Asimil. And I've used it for pretty much every language that I've learned. And I just it really works for me, and the way that you can use it is, um, you know, you can really adapt it to whatever your learning style is because there's just so many different components, and you can kind of pick and choose it the way that you need it. So um, that would be my third book recommendation. Fabulous. So we've got grit, Asimil books in whatever language you're learning, listeners, and the organized mind. And grit is on my list, and the organized mind you suggested as well. So that's a definitely on my reading list for 2019. Thanks so much. And if I can add one recommendation, something I read this year that I really enjoyed that came out this year, it's Getting Through 
by Roger Kreutz and Richard Roberts, who wrote my favorite, favorite language learning book, uh, Becoming Fluent. So Getting Through is kind of the follow-on from that. And it's all about pragmatics and how to let your message get through, for lack of a better word. So that's those are kind of that that was my my big one for the year, really, that I can apply to to so so much. And I think it's so interesting for every language learner because it's about more than vocab and grammar. Shannon, what about apps? What are your top three apps of 2018? Um, drops. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, we've talked about uh, drops a plenty. Yeah. And don't forget, 90 days with drops. Hashtag 90 days with drops. I'll see you on Instagram, guys. Yeah. And uh, Link, of course, because I love reading so mm. much. Um, Link is definitely my next recommendation, though I'm still waiting for them to add Hungarian and Croatian. So, Steve, if you're listening to this... <laughs> That's right. And then my <laughs> Welch too, Steve, while we're at it. Yeah. My third recommendation is of course streaks. Oh, streaks, which was a new one for you, right? Yeah. Streaks is a great app simply if you want to check in. And Link, listeners, if you want to hear more of Shannon gushing about Link in a little bit more detail, again I recommend the other episode that she did on the Fluent Show. You'll find it on her profile. So simply you can find the show notes here and I'll link it in the show notes. The Fluent Show episode you're listening to right now is 118. So that's at fluent sh- yeah. that's at fluent.show slash 118. Finally, Shannon, your top three courses, so language learning, I'll take it wider, courses, textbooks, uh, learning experiences that you would recommend for, the, for 2019. So to be totally honest, outside of Asimil, mm-hmm. I haven't been using any specific courses. Um, and if I have, they've been more language specific. So I, I guess I'll go with that. They won't be general courses for any language. Mm-hmm. Um, well, except for one, of course. Yeah, we'll take them. All right. So my first is obviously the Add One Challenge. Ah, the Add One Challenge. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's one that I have been consistently using for a year and a half now. So I've done almost every challenge since my first um, back that started back in August 2016. Uh, or maybe it was September. I don't know. It, it was fall 2016. And um, I've been doing them ever since because I just really find that they give me a nice big push for my languages, whether it's a new language or a old language. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely the add one challenge. And then my next two recommendations are language specific. So one is Yo-Yo Chinese. Um, I use that course when I first started learning Chinese and it just, it helped me a ton because grammar is explained in ways that make a lot of sense and it's not overwhelming and, um, there's lots of components to it that just really help with the language a lot. And I recently got to revisit that course to write a review of it for fluent three months. And I was just reminded of what great quality it is. And they recently released their intermediate version, which has a lot of great content as well. And then my third recommendation would be for Korean. And uh, that's a 90-day Korean. I, uh, there's, it's um, a year-long course, and there's four different modules that kind of each last 90 days, hence the name 90-day Korean. And... Um, you know, when I was studying Korean, I kept coming up with the, like both Japanese and Korean. There are certain ways to kind of end and conjugate the verbs that completely change how those verbs function. Like, um, like, and the meaning of those verbs. And, uh, I had not found any one place where these forms kind of existed in one home base for me to really understand them and kind of work on them. And 90 day Korean ended up being that. And for the Korean language, this is something that's just really important to learn and to understand. And that course gave it to me. So. Ah, interesting. So that's 90 day Korean, yo-yo Chinese and the add one challenge. I'm going to, again, link to all of those in the show notes and I'll put a little related article as well on the blog at fluentlanguage.co.uk. So you, if you're listening and you're a learner of Korean or Chinese, or you want to check out the add one challenge, which is available in any language that you want, or you want a link to Grit or The Organized Mind or whatever Shannon just mentioned, I'll go on the hunt and I'll find you some links so you can take action. And listeners, 
what worked for you in 2018? I'd love to know. So if you've got app, book or course or learning utensil, I guess, <laughs> recommendations, please do get in touch. You can always email me. That's Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk. That's my email address, or you can find me on Twitter, where The Fluent Show is at The Fluent Show, or you can find me on Instagram, where I am Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, underscore fluent, or you can simply use the hashtag The Fluent Show. Shannon, a little bit easier on everybody, is just, you're a linguist everywhere, aren't you? Yeah, um, except Twitter. Except um, Twitter. And it's, <laughs> it's you're a linguist with an E at the end, mm-hmm. so um, like the feminine form of linguist. You're linguist. Yeah, and um, on Twitter, it's Eurolinguist SK, because Eurolinguist was already taken. That's a good job you're finally learning another European language. Language. <laughs> I know, right? I, I kind of stepped away from that for quite a while. <laughs> well, Shannon, it's been, as always, it's always a delight having you on the show. And every single time we have such a deep, insightful conversation, and especially your your insights and your example goals I really want to thank you for because vision goals and path goals when used correctly I think make a massive difference to anyone who's learning a language by themselves and that's who this show is I guess mostly for and or in a way that's who we all are because even if you go to a course you're still doing it by yourself so they're useful for you listener <laughs> no matter who you are and Shannon has done such a beautiful job illustrating them and with that I'm going to close the fluent show don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes it does make a difference and I've also put a little click to tweet link into the show notes so if you want to just tell somebody about the fluent show make us known help us get bigger and you've already reviewed us what you can do is simply click that link li- click no click that little link help me pay for my elocution lessons, click that little link (laughs) and share with the world, share with the world on Twitter or on Facebook that you are a proud listener of The Fluent Show and you will be throughout 2019 because we're going to be here for you. And with that, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye and goodbye from Shannon. Satyam. Oh, I understood that, Shannon. Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget that you can send us your comments and questions to be answered on the show to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you. We read every message. Don't forget to review us. See you next week.